0: Where we talk about Star Trek <laughs> oh my god. loudly and at great length. We're here to talk about season three, episode ten, Plato's stepchildren. Historically famous, I think, really a benchmark in television for, for Shatner's horse impression. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's even worse. Hold on, let me take. <laughs> it. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: okay, that's enough. <laughs> There it is. Oh! Oh, oh my god.
2: Oh my god. Okay,
0: here is a fact. I know that William Shatner has seen a horse before.
1: Written one even.
0: I have read several of his books for reasons even unknown to myself. And he's a big horse guy. He rides of the horse. He does horse-related charity things. So I know for a fact he knows what a <laughs> horse sounds like. Like, if you wanted to go, like, very retro, you could do, nay! That's fine. If you wanted to go a little bit more realistically, you could (laughs) go, What you do not do
2: is, (laughs) Perhaps it was his impression of someone being, making a horse noise because they were being forced to and trying to resist.
1: Or maybe it was what horses sounded like on whatever planet the god people came from. Or. (laughs) Counter theory.
0: (laughs) That's what William Shatner thinks horses sound like. It was, uh... It was... Something. A drift. So this is Plato's children. I like to call it a deep look into someone's creepy kink world psychosis. Um... Possibly one of the most disturbing 45 minutes of television I have ever seen. Um, throughout the entire thing, it was just scene after scene of do not want. Yeah, that's Do cool. not want.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it is
0: also, I guess, historically important for one of the first-ish interracial kisses on television. But that was the most unsexy, uncomfortable things I have ever seen. Yeah. It would have been fine if they're like, oh, I've been keeping all this pent up passion. Oh, me too. Oh,
1: no. No, no, Not your kissing noises. noises." Also, this would be a good time to uh, trigger warning for this entire episode for all of it. All of the things relating to consent. Well, okay. This
0: is nothing new for Star Trek because we have seen a lot of episodes with these Very, very powerful, omniscient beings, right? Who can do mind control and psychotelicognitive powers. Fine. Mm -hmm. We've been there. But none of them, I feel like, have been as disturbing as this one. Because
1: it's not even so much about control as it is humiliation. Yeah. 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 None of them take as much pleasure in the suffering of others as this one seems to.
0: Well, I feel like, okay, Tremaine or Trelane or Trelane. Proto-Q, his is kind of, they're, they're playthings, they're toys, and it's fun. Yes.
1: And... But he doesn't actually think he's doing anything wrong.
0: No, and Charlie X just child. petulantly wants to control people and make also them do what he wants them also. to do. But these were fully formed adults mm-hmm. operating under what should be... A philosophical system about justice. And ethics. And that's been twisted and perverted into gaining pleasure off of the embarrassment and degradation of others.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: on the other, other, other hand, like if I had eight hands in a row, (laughs) I feel like there are parts of this episode that are very much the mission statement of all of Star Trek of all of it its most socially progressive parts its message about inclusivity and that mm-hmm. everyone is equal and that everyone yeah. has something to share yeah. and there are parts of this which genuinely made me tear up a little yeah. bit yeah um when they were talking about no this utopian future that we can get to that this vision of the future with the interracial kiss with yeah. uh that conversation Women with Women and men, and the conversation with Alexander, that, that your race, your ethnicity, who you are doesn't matter. You are equal, and you have something to contribute to society, which I thought was amazing.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, I, I think where my, I, I mean, you can you're sick, with this.
0: dark enjoyment <laughs> of <to> this.
2: <laughs> the parts of mine that, my enjoyment that came from this was from the long section's of all of that horrible, like, things that they're doing that are degrading and humiliating, I was really enjoying the physicality of the actors in the way you guys are looking at each other weird. Um, I'm technically looking over Ari's <laughs> head. <laughs> uh, but the physicality of the, the actors put into acting like they were, the way they were being, like, they're being forced to do these things and the actors using their bodies to drag themselves around, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. That was the bits that got. I, oh. I'll give it to Nimoy. I don't know about Kirk. Oh. oh no, there was a lot of undulating. <laughs> there was, but like I liked those parts of it, and I liked that you had these just long, big sections that were just about the physicality of acting.
1: I was physically repulsed by all of that, and I really wanted to fast forward through it.
0: I know. I, I get what Kim is saying. Is that yeah? yeah I, I get I get it. it takes For a level personally? of, of sk- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sk- kill. I guess. <laughs> um, to get that, but it felt like an actor's exercise. Yeah. Like we're an improv class. We're just going to like loosey goosey like, oh, just to try something out. So I'm going to be the puppeteer. And whenever I say you have to do, but you have to depend, you don't want to do it. And it just went on and on and on and on. I always really hated But improv. it was disturbing. It was. Yeah. 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 Intensely. And, and it was not conveyed through, you know, traditionally like their facial expressions or mm-hmm. their dialogue. All of that was expressed through their body language. So yeah,
1: that was impressive, yes. Yes,
0: props to Shatner, props to Nimoy, props to Michael Dunn, who played Alexander, who I thought, I'm going to preemptively, like, oh, wait, yes, skip absolutely. to the front. He
2: got performance at the episode. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. I, yeah, I was yeah. going to give it to him and to Nimoy.
0: What about Shatner? No. Really? <laughs> Shatner, Shatner, I would argue, had the harder part. He had to make that horse noise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it again. Okay, after we finished <laughs> watching that, I
1: couldn't stop making that <laughs> For like 15 minutes. Yeah.
0: To... Be there in the kitchen making tea going... Oh.
1: I feel like I'm getting better at
0: it. <laughs> no. No, I really am. I've cut it quite down. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Kim, but it was like seeing into someone's, like, it, I darkest will,
2: desires. I won't say it went on too long, and a lot of it... At, Began to feel like by the second or third time you we were going through a long yeah. period, it started to feel like filler because they didn't have enough story. Well, no, because it's it's one of those situations again where they're up against a
0: villain that is totally powerful that they can, are powerless against, and there's nothing they can do. Like yeah. the the children, the the singing that children. The,
1: oh, the the singing
0: children yeah. from the Creeper Planet. Hell, hail, yeah. hail, hail,
1: whatever. Boil, boil,
2: boil, toil and trouble. A friendly angel. <laughs> Uh.
0: But it, it felt like that where essentially you've written yourself into a corner where you're up against an impossible villain and mm-hmm.
1: where do you go from there? I guess
0: uh everyone dresses in togas and fake orgy. Like I for sure that thought that that that's where that's going. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's gonna be an orgy, and then I was like, Oh it's no so much worse than that. How come there are brands and whips here yeah, yeah. i I like all of the stuff with the interracial kiss and you can go look that up because it's all absolutely fascinating they keep saying like oh well heck that's not gonna go down well in the south I would argue that all the stuff with the whips and the brands would not go down mm. well anywhere no like
2: that is a dark shit. and the whole thing um talking about not going down well the whole thing about the kiss that um chapel and Spock had yeah was her basically being like what she say is just I'm so humiliated I've wanted this for so long but, but now not like this. not like this and him just being like I can't protect you from this I can't do anything about this
0: it was all of that all of that was so disturbing yeah, yeah. really like even I feel like watching this in the 60s, like, I would have, I
2: probably would have written a letter. I would have clutched a ton of pearls, (laughs) because if it were the 60s, I would be wearing a triple strand every day. Pearls from top to bottom, just a
0: dress
1: full of pearls,
0: clutching clutching all
1: of them. So, this episode starts with what do we know is, like, the most dangerous thing the Enterprise can do? Answer a distress call. Again, I always come down on if
0: you get a distress call. Well, you sure. should call them up and say, hi, yeah. uh, what's the safe word? <laughs> and then if there is no safe
1: word, those people are on their own. I mean, if you was, if you figure that the people are, like, n- not contact allies or whatever, they might not have a safe word. Yeah, but then why are they asking for help from
0: everyone? Mm-hmm. I feel like that should throw a red flag down because we've never heard of them no one in the neighborhood knows them, and suddenly they're asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the beginning of a horror movie. Like, you're in, you are in, go past the empty, abandoned
1: house, and from the back room you hear, like, Help, help, help me, help. Or like that Supergirl episode with, like, the little girl in the box, and it's a doll, because he's a crazy toy maker.
2: Help me, help me. Oh, the toy maker shows up on Supergirl? Yeah. Oh, he's in the Arrow, too. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> They do. It's all crossovers. Yeah. All
0: crossovers. I guess it's, like, more economical, because you've got the actors in town. You might as well use them for everything. Well, the
2: first season of Supergirl wasn't filmed in Vancouver. That's true. Was it the yeah. second season where the Toymaker shows up? No, it's in the first season.
1: Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I so, slept through great swaths of that. <laughs> as great all shows. swath. Great swaths. So, uh, there's not really much in here. There's, like, some very brief info dump, because they beam down to this planet that is apparently... Rich in kiranide deposits, which are some kind of power source. Okay, okay, okay,
0: okay. Here's the thing: mm-hmm. keratin, keratin, whatever is going to come out of my mouth the next time I mention it. Mm-hmm. So they obviously know about it, yeah. And it obviously appears on other planets. Can we agree with this? Yes. The Since appears they, on yeah, other it planets? is appear on the other planets because they know what it is, yeah. How is it then that no other planet in the entire star system has people who developed? weird-ass powers from eating food
1: that is grown on their planets. I don't know. Maybe it's the specific ecosystem of this planet. There's lots of things that only happen. Like, think about, like, the way that plants behave in different ecosystems when they're invasive versus not. Mm -hmm. Ecosystems are wild. There's lots of Mm -hmm. reasons they might not have. No, I'm calling straight-up bullshit.
2: (laughs) I will say that it is for plot convenience. Well, also that, but I also that bones was just carrying giant vials of it around
0: in
1: his back pocket Apparently. no he, he pulled it from the environment i think he got it out of the fruit did he just like hypo's like, up in the air he like, and, like he like takes the hypo he takes take the hypo to like a bunch of grapes near the end of the episode <laughs> i know right <laughs> I yeah they were saved oh with God. grapes so Ooh. that
0: means that uh kirk and spock are at least 50 percent grapes, grapes now <laughs>
2: That makes so
0: much sense. About this planet, like, it's pseudo-Greco-Roman we're gonna go with. Sure. Great columns. Yes.
1: Great columns. These are really good sets, actually.
2: And by sets, I mean set. There's two sets. Sure. the hall, Mm. and there's the bedroom. (laughs) That's right. Or, like, the holding chamber reception room. I think they just, like,
1: strung up a curtain in the middle for the bedroom.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. So we, Ari and I watched this episode at least six days ago. I'm gonna go with, and some of my notes no longer make any sense because <laughs> after this, I've got funny gap with heights.
2: <laughs> what? Was that something to do with the windows? No,
0: it has to do with so they're in this totally abandoned space. We're gonna call it, and there's the shadow of this giant, giant oh, yeah, yeah. man, yeah. and then he walks forward, and he is—he's Alexander. He's, Alexander. He's, a he's a little
1: person. Yes. Ho 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 ho. Yes, it's very funny. I don't understand. It's a side gag. It's a side gag. But it means nothing, and it does nothing. But here's the
0: thing. If I were to take the metaphor further, is that Alexander, I I think, is named after Alexander the Great. Probably. Yeah. Although, yeah. And, And is... Is himself a great man, a although small in stature. <laughs> yeah. So I feel fine, like that's fine. what to say, and he's not quite what he seems. Yes. So he projects something
1: that he's greater yeah. than the normal size assholes around him. Sure. Yeah. Alexander gives us our info dump. Info dump on this culture. They're called the Platonians after Plato. He actually says that, like Platonians, Plato, nah, nah, nah. which, like, okay, sure, writers. Um, they have a philosopher king, and they escaped their son's Nova millennia ago.
0: Okay, you've down to the planet. He's, like, the best tour guide that has ever, ever been. He's yeah, really ever. great. I love the term philosopher king.
2: Yeah, I do, too. I except,
0: just, I, I liked all of that. Yeah. And the stuff about Plato and that it is a society of justice, except very
2: much not justice. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, it's not, it's not it wasn't Plato, it was, who's Plato's student? Is it, um, Aristotle? Or Socrates. 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 Socrates or Aristotle?
0: I don't remember. One it was going other... to be called Socrates' children, but I assume that's too hard to pronounce. Yeah, well,
2: because there's Socrates's. Uh, I, I feel like because one of the one one of the, Socrates. Socrates and Aristotle, one of them taught Plato, and one of them was Plato's student. Plato's student was actually a tutor to uh, Alexander. Alexander the Great, and the yeah. whole point was to educate the future rulers. To be, to, be, to be philosophers yes. who would rule through morals and um, justice rather than sword and violence. And just, how did that turn out, Kim? In Alexander the Great's case? Not so good. Well, he did just stick around for like a year or something, get his his uh, like little kingdom in order, and then just like book it and leave for the next 15 years, and then die elsewhere. What
0: happened to his little kingdom in his absence?
2: Um, it was ruled by... Um, Like people who were there, like a a regent who was constantly battling with his mother for control and they had their own little political things and then when he died um, there was a lot of political what's-and-forth, back-and-forth and And I believe Cassander ended up ruling over Macedonia for a while because he had Alexander's wife and like 14-year-old kid murdered.
1: Thank you, Kim, Our in house Alexander the Great expert. Was he 14? I don't remember.
0: <laughs> Not as important. His child. Yes, his child. His child. Yeah. I, I actually like this stuff about about Plato. The yeah. weird bit about Okay, so they were on a planet. Their planet went nova. They so went to they Earth. went to Earth. Mm-hmm. They learned from
2: Plato, and then they Fucked up to this planet. To, why did uh, they leave? I? I did not get the, the part about them at any point being on Earth. I oh yeah, they, they were definitely yeah, on they Earth. They were on their planet, their planet went Nova, so they moved to this planet, nope. and they then went, got no. superpowers six nope. months later. They, they
1: went super- to Earth. That's where they learned no. about Plato. Okay. That's an Alexander's little tour guide speech. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. It was very fast. It was says, a lot of stuff Well, then we ended up here, and we call ourselves Plato's children. Although I always thought we should be called Plato's stepchildren. Ha ha ha. Uh... Yeah. Um, and then we find out the first clue that everyone else on this planet's a dick because some invisible force drags Alexander away. There's a lot of, like, ballet
0: shuffling in this. Yeah. And we go to main dude whose name I am not going to remember. Um, I just called him King, but I think it
2: was Parman. I was calling him Parmesan. Yes.
0: (laughs) King Parmesan and his wife, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Except, yes, Kim, I know that it's not actually Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. It's Barbara Babcock again! She is a frequent guest star. She
2: is. She's up there with, like, Diana Mulder, I think, with number of guest starring appearance. Because this is her Oct- second. Two. Yeah. yeah. But
0: I'm definitely going to call her Dr.
2: Quinn Medicine Woman for the rest of this. I didn't oh, get her name She's anyway. so fabulous in this. She looks amazing.
0: She looks evil.
2: She's Yeah, she looks evil, evil, but she looks
0: beautiful. She does. She looks, immediately as she comes on screen, like, she's going to cut a bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, instantly. yeah. And she does. Great hair, though. The, the, the best part is she was like, oh, here is my King Parmesan. McCoy is the worst doctor in history. He strolls up to the glass like,
1: what happened to your leg? <laughs> yeah. And. Well, this is important, though, because he's like, he's got a tiny cut in his leg that has developed into this massive infection. And all of the humans are like, how did this get so bad? This was a tiny cut. It should have been easy to take care of.
0: And they say, oh, we can't be bothered, which fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So. McCoy goes to get the hypospray to, like, I don't know, drug him up, and instead of just letting him do this... Even though they called him there. Yeah. Parmesan is like, I got this, and uses his mind powers to hypospray himself. A, why he's got hands. (laughs) B, how does he know how the hypospray works? (laughs) C, is he sure he knows where he wants to inject that? What if it was, like, an anal thing?
2: He did ask. (laughs) He did ask. Where does it go? (laughs) And Bone said, in the
1: (laughs) arms. Well, that's good. Yeah, that does seem bad. Really, like, good. what if it was, like, a multiple-dose hypospray, and you just yeah. gave yourself the whole thing and killed yourself? Yeah, like, what if it was just, like, a little, instead of, like, a... These are excellent questions, but you know these people are arrogant and stupid. It's great.
0: <laughs> then, then, Alexander, if only anyone had been paying attention to him at all, says, Such a shame, because they're going to get killed.
1: Yeah. No one hears this. I appreciate Alexander, though, because even at this very beginning, he's like sort of subtly trying to warn them that all is not well and then straight up walks up to what's her face ginger evil queen it's like Babcock. they came here to help they deserve better than to <laughs> she just
2: makes him bite his own hands so he yeah. will shut up
1: well it's, it's a symbolic <laughs> they're so evil they, they' are. so awful I don't know
0: I, I I get okay later on we get that whoever has the, the like the biggest sexiest mind gets to be the philosopher King mm. I do not understand why there is not more political assassination in this gentle little utopia. Like, like why to... is there not more
2: infighting? Yeah, that's a part of the the whole society that I think they didn't explore enough, is how this one guy could stay in control for, like, a 2,000 years. Like, those two, like, because we see, like, two other random citizen dudes, yeah, yeah. Like, they both would have been backstabbing and sleeping with his wife to try and right. get power. I oh felt like man. his wife wanted to
0: kill him. Yeah. yeah. Because when, oh doctor, can you do anything? If you can't, I know that you tried and it's fine. There was not
2: <laughs> nearly enough political infighting for a pseudo-Greco-Roman society. True. No, if we know we anything really, about yeah. the Romans and the Greeks
0: I mean, is I that they sodomized it. people with bread and also that they liked killing each other. Yeah.
1: In public. For power, oh yeah, as a group activity, the more power, the better. Like, I wonder if it was supposed to be like a further like they're just too lazy to do anything, including kill each other or have immune systems. But
0: <laughs> that, that was the thing. We are <laughs> because... just too advanced to have an immune system. But if we ever like bump up against a table, we're dead.
2: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. Couldn't odd. you just will your leg better? Fair point. Yeah. So why didn't Barbara Badcock just like look at him and go? It your also leg makes it's better. Yeah, it, it makes better. It makes
1: absolutely no sense from an evolutionary perspective that if you get like fine, we've heard the we've evolved beyond needing bodies. But that's bodies the whole thing,
0: science fiction like, thing: is that if, if your brain gets any bigger, then you no longer really need this whole. So why do they keep the bodies sack?
1: at all? I assumed have except sex. I guess, in. Except that I guess that they didn't really evolve to it. They they got dosed, so they kind of cheated. So their bodies didn't really catch up.
0: And I go back to my original point: it's so that they can have sex. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, so Barbara Babcock
2: can wear that fabulous dress. It she great. looks great. Okay, I want to talk about her dress because okay. this is where a dress comes up in my notes. Okay. <laughs> um, so it is green. It is a classical Roman, Greco-Roman, Grecian drapey with a layered skirt that starts from the hip for a layer. It's beautiful. It's a chitin. She's got gold clasps on the shoulder, a beautiful chain belt. Um, she's got amazing bangs mm. and a, like with curls and mm. a large elaborate bun at the back of her head. And then she's got these beautiful dangly earrings with these great huge blue gems dripping off the bottom of them. It was outstanding costume work. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous. I think for me, it's one of my, it's like one of the best costumes I've had on this show. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic.
0: Bold words from Kim. Oh yeah. At this point in my notes, it says very poor cheese game, but I think what I meant
1: to say <laughs> was very poor chess game. Yes, because, because it's a giant chess board, which is always a great sign. It's never a good sign,
2: because never. of course
0: they're playing chess kind of with their minds, but also making Alexander do it for them. When they the get bored. the pieces more...
2: are the same size as Alexander. Yeah. They're such bags of
0: dicks. Yep. At this point, they under they kind of go through their history, which, yeah, their planet went nova, they, Earth to Socrates, left Earth and made their own utopia, of which they've been here for, like, six to eight months.
1: It was, like, 2,000 years, I think. Yeah.
0: Sure, sure, sure. And now they've had, now they have powers. Kirk asks how long they've had their powers for, which feels like a really weird
2: question to ask. Well, set up the plot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be it. The, the part that I really like is that they have 38 people. Oh, yes, because they pared down their population. But eugenics. Eugenics. Yeah. The thing is, they say that
1: sort of off the cuff, like, well, we pared it down to a perfect 30. I'm like, wait, 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 back up. Pared it down. Please describe the pairing process. Was this like, people died of old age, and you just didn't bother having more kids, except wait, you don't die of old age, so please explain. It is
0: a weird throwaway comment of, yes, yeah. we used eugenics. Uh, uh, to get but, 38 perfect people. Um, uh,
1: there's no such thing as benign eugenics, guys. Well, well
0: so, 38 people is perfect for thinking, don't you know? Yeah, I was why is
2: 38 the perfect number of people? Yeah, I would have like, that explain also.
0: At which point, she's like, How old do you think I am? And of course, we know <gasps>
1: that she's super old, but Spock is like 35. <laughs> she's like, Oh. Oh, ouch. Well, the thing is that she prefaces this because the three men are like, not complete morons. They know they're not really supposed to answer this question. Um, And she's like, no, go ahead. I I promise you, I have no ego. And Spock says 35, and she's like, oh, I stopped aging at 30.
2: 30." The thing that I liked about this was the little detail of that she touches under her chin. Yes. Yes. To, like, make sure that she's not got, like, jowls. Very Nora Ephron (laughs) of her. Yeah, I love that. I thought it was a great little detail.
0: It's great. So she was, she's 2,300 years old. Mm -hmm. She got married at, like, 128. And doesn't even move anymore, because why bother?
2: Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. The other Kim. thing that's kind of bugging me about this is, so, they were all, like, children when their planet went nova, and then they went and spent their teens and early 20s well,
1: they might have just on been-
2: Earth, and then they came here and then stopped aging at about 30? Yeah, I'm gonna go with that, yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the only way this makes sense, that she was 117 when she got married. Yeah. And considered herself young. I mean, they yes. might
1: have. I gather they were longer lived than humans to begin with, just not this much.
0: We don't know about their eugenics program. Maybe they bred them. And when did they do their eugenics program? Exactly when? What is it? When they got back from Earth, and they're like, "Well, this planet ain't big enough for all of us." So there's only that one. Sorry, magic fruit Bill. Tree. Yeah. The grape tree, or Grape tree. Grape tree. Well, there's like apples and stuff too. So, Pomeranzan starts having a fit. Oh, yes. And everything falls around. Statues, lighting, very, the very Enterprise. frightening. The Enterprise. Oh, the Enterprise.
2: So hateful. Is it wrong that I really just want Scotty to be thrown off his chair and get a concussion and knocked unconscious a lot of the time? No.
0: Have I not been arguing for many, many episodes that Scotty is grossly incompetent at his job? Which is great because Kirk says, Fly away,
1: fly away! I was like, Yeah, you should. Well, it sounds like he was trying, but they can't because they're locked in orbit, whatever the hell that means. Bones tries to sedate him and gets thrown around the room instead. Here so begins do, the yeah. ballet of torture. Mm-hmm. It's great. It, sorry, it is
0: great actually. Mm. There are parts of it that I genuinely enjoyed. The part where McCoy is acting, where he does, like, this really weird, sexy wall dance. Oh, where he's, like,
2: like oh. he's, like, jerking along oh. the wall. Yes, he's like, rolling he along it. Uh. Uh.
0: And then the air starts to beat up Kirk, which yeah. I could not stop. <laughs> it's amazing. There's a lot of acting going on here. At which Kirk thinks, like, shake him and make him stop.
1: And she's like, oh, I guess. Yeah, and then she, like, mind-controls him with her hand or something so that Bones can get in and sedate him. Yeah, and they decide to stick around for a little while, which, did they not hear Alexander's aside?
2: No, they didn't. didn't. (sighs) Um, Because they try to leave,
1: and she's like, oh, no, no, you should definitely stay. And Bones is like, well, I guess for doctor reasons I should make sure he doesn't die. Should you? I don't know, I would be fucking out of there, man, but I'm Mm -hmm. not a doctor.
0: I would be a quick in and out. It's really good, because Alexander, Kirk, and crew get a little bit of alone time, at which Kirk asks Alexander, are there any muggles here? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. And Alexander's like, no, it's just me that they brought me here to be the court buffoon. Yeah. It poor
1: little
0: guy all of this is awful
1: because they explain like yeah he's like are there a lot of people like me where you come from Aww. um and he means both powers and his size and kirk's just like and this is one of the th- you're right this is a great Star this Trek is Trek a moment great this is one Star of Trek those moment. this is one of those like they're totally the aliens here but in this case that's a good thing because where they come from he's like where i come from size and shape and color don't matter and no one has the power, and I'm like, is the pa- is like, is this a metaphor for socialism? Because I feel like yes,
0: it is. It, yes. It's a great part because what Alexander has been told his whole life is that he is a throwback. Yes. Yeah, so evolutionary, he is one yeah. rung below them, right? Yeah. So and he deserves Kurt's like, well, I'm have. like, I'm exactly like you. I'm a throwback too, and I'm happy to be one. So is
1: everyone that I know. And it's
0: a great moment because it's a it's a close up on Shatner's face where he's sitting down by Alexander, and he says size shape or color makes no difference yeah and that for me is it if you think about the historical context of this episode of this Mm -hmm. time of saying something as simple as that yeah of giving a vision of the future that is so powerful that everyone no matter what size shape or color they are that they're all equal yeah is so
2: powerful yeah especially since in like Greek and... Greek and times? greek <laughs> times. greek times. Like, that's not what was preached. is that, I feel like it was Aristotle who was Alexander's. I could be completely wrong. But, like, the whole point of his teaching was to be very ethnocentric in that you are... Because this was in Macedon. You are Macedonians. You are greater than the barbarians to the east. Yeah. It is your responsibility to go out there and conquer them and civilize them. Mm-hmm. And so to have Kirk's philosophy coming into this this society... Where no, we are the apex and you are lower because you do not have the same power that we do, and is... I, I,
0: I, yeah, and exactly that thinking about the historical context of you know American imperialism mm-hmm. of we're at the height of our society.
2: America is the greatest society on the planet. Exactly. No- nobody is better than we are.
0: Exactly. And basing their their idea of the best society on Greco-Romans, which was run by slaves, mm-hmm. which was run by slave labor and, and conquering people, that that thread of imperialism has never stopped and it will never be a perfect society until... It recognizes and deals with the injustices inherent in that system. And crush telekinesis. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) capitalism. I like either or. But I I think, like, when they talk about the power, they're talking about the power, yeah. Yeah. is yeah. that it is in the hands of an elite few who use it to subjugate everyone else, who is yeah. not like them, yeah. I mean, in form. It's not yeah. a
1: subtle episode. No, but it's so powerful. <laughs> it is very, yeah. It's
0: because he looks different that they're able to tell him that he is a throwback, that he is... Because he was born without immense
1: privilege. Exactly.
0: He's inferior to them because he does
2: not look like them. And we're going to have the speech from him later on where he says... I thought, oh, this whole time, I thought it was me. I thought they were right. I thought I was lesser because I was not like them. Mm -hmm. And that, oh, Oh, it's so good.
0: It is really good. This whole part, any part with him, any part with Alexander, Mm -hmm. if you think about the historical context of this happening, and even today, it's amazing. He really does steal this episode. He runs with this episode. He does such a great job. My favorite part is that this beautiful mission statement is interrupted by Spock, the wet blank, who's like oh, we're never fucking leaving this planet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and McCoy's like, what? Yeah, they try to beam back, never and they can't. Never uh, gonna happen. Yeah, the ship's locked in orbit, the transporters aren't working, and they're never leaving this planet. It's good, because this eventually de- degenerates into a liar solo. Oh, God, this is excruciating.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and
1: then we get, oh, this guy, oh, my God, he's he's Donald Trump. He's like the the uber elite who thinks he's one of the common people because he walks in and he says, uh, Kirk and whatever, and I think Kirk's like, well, what shall I call you? And he's like, oh, just call me Parmesan, I what his name is. <laughs> Philosopher Kings have no need of titles. Except like, for Philosopher Except King. for Philosopher King. Yeah. Because it's a great title. <laughs> yeah. If that were my
0: position i'd have it on all my business cards and Kirk's like
1: mm-hmm. and I, I wrote down here i mean i don't think i need to now i'm like let me talk for a moment about how philosopher kings in this context are by necessity assholes but uh he pretends to have no idea why the ship is stuck or broken and kirk's like um you're a fucking liar In actually a reasonably polite tone given what they have already witnessed and he says guests do not make demands or give orders bah, bah, bah. And then he actually says, "Don't you dare take that tone with me!" And starts making Kirk slap himself. That why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself?
0: Yes, very satisfying grunting. It's so tone
1: on thirteen year
2: old boy. There's so many slaps.
1: Yes, like an endless number of slaps. The bloopers must have been really painful.
2: Yeah, like it's 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 sort of it wasn't in a way disturbing because like basically essentially forcing Kirk to hurt himself. Yeah, yeah, it's. I don't know, it was, it was a good moment, I
0: think. If I were to take this metaphor even further. <laughs>
2: Which you always do. <laughs> Which Kareem I always do.
0: Is, again, thinking about if this is an allegory for civil rights, don't you take that tone with me. Guests are supposed to be polite. Yeah. yeah. Guests, do, just substitute in blacks for that. Yeah. yeah. Blacks can't make demands. Blacks have to be polite. Oh, I've blacks got my do foot what on your told. throat.
1: Say please. yeah Yeah. don't
0: you take that tone and if you take that tone with me just talking to me in a way that does not imply superiority to me deserves punishment and righteous punishment and punishment that goes beyond the line of anything it's excessive Mm -hmm. because it's meant to humiliate and break you
2: yeah yeah oh so good
0: (laughs) again this episode is really disturbing it is but it is definitely saying something um Parma ham just brutalizes him,
1: mm. <laughs> Parma ham, <laughs> and, and sends them like back to their room. There's a lot of weird walking. And Spock says something very cl- like he wouldn't have dared slap you around if he had any intention of releasing us no, or of the Enterprise. Well, obviously not. So, and, and then Spock very heroically does not say "I told you so," even though he definitely did. So, but afterwards,
0: it's like, well, I know that that happened, but we're really pleased. So here, we're going to give you some presents. Yeah. So with one hand I punish, with the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I I,
2: li- sh- I really enjoy that the king describes his mood as out of sorts. <laughs> out of sorts. Oh, well, you know, I was ill. It
1: made me out of sorts. It was a
2: little grumpy, so I made you slap yourself 50 times. I don't know. When I'm sick, yeah.
1: I don't slap people around, but... Uh, I sometimes think about it. Yeah, but you can actually do it.
0: So, yeah, Kirk gets a shield. Spock gets some kind of musical instrument. McCoy gets us some scrolls, and their expression is... Gee, thanks. (laughs) He's like, well, that was great. Now that you have my presence, you can stay forever. Well,
1: they're they're willing to let Kirk and Spock leave, but McCoy has to stay forever because they've realized their one weakness.
0: Okay, it goes, it's worse than that. Yeah. So he says, it's really not my fault what I made you do because what I feel becomes reality. Forgive me. Which, again, if we're taking a Donald Trump metaphor, sorry, I just can't, what I say is just real. I'm just so so. powerful
1: that, you know, my childish whims and tantrums have real consequences for real people. He goes on to say, I hate dying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can be our doctor and you can then mediate and read. And I really wanted Kirk to throw that shield at his fucking face.
2: <laughs> I really liked that the response to McCoy saying no was, we will kidnap you if we have to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're just, like, really upfront about it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and here's, here again, I love all of this, is that Spock is like, hey, Plato wanted truth and justice. And Parmaham is like, democracy, you can do what you want. If your brain is strong enough... Yeah. So the artificiality of the system, the artifice of the power being given to a select few through essentially random chance... ...says that, yeah, absolutely, you can do whatever you want if you're as strong as up, setting up a system where no one can win. No. That no one will be ever able to do what they want because they can
1: never get that power. Well, it's like Scalzi's easy mode argument. (laughs) If the easy mode were actually psychic powers. Yeah. It, and thank God they are not.
0: Yes. Justice will be forced upon our people because the stronger minds have to prevail. And Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman is like, fuck it, just get
1: rid of them. <laughs> oh, no, I really like how uh, the the humans and Spock are like, um, this is bullshit. And Parmesan is like, well, your Federation thingy justice is imposed the will of the stronger imposed by means of weapons and starships and Kirk's like we don't do that you have no idea what you're talking about yeah
0: And then it goes into the
1: fever dream of this episode. Mm -hmm. It's like, fine, you may stay and dance for us instead.
0: Yeah, no, let's not gloss over that. There is drumming, and then there is dancing, and then there is recitation of Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And there is
1: wreath wearing. Yeah. I want to note, though, but when they come in, like, before they even offer this deal and making air quotes here, Mm -hmm. Alexander is already in position with his drum so yeah like, it's not a choice they're re- they're they're just bullshitting them it's like they're already planning on keeping them and making them dance like i think that might just be that they knew what they would say but like
0: no it's again you you set up a system where it's impossible for people to succeed yeah. you give
2: the illusion of choice when yeah. in fact there is no choice yeah well they said we said thank you and we gave you gifts and what did you do you're trying to leave exactly how, how dare you don't leave yeah
1: I have have another question. Yeah. Um, So they make everyone dance and do humiliating poetry and wear wreaths, and it's awful and incredibly embarrassing. Where the hell did the people who learned about Earth culture in ancient Greece learn about
2: Tweedledee and Tweedledum? The intergalactic library? (laughs) The intergalactic (laughs) library van that goes and visits every (laughs) shitty little planet? I don't know. Did somebody read it in the 1930s and there were radio waves?
0: Good enough for me. The best part is when they start like sexy crawling on the floor, oh, and then it gets very unsexy when they start making out with the floor. And McCoy's expression is very much "oh, that is very unsanitary." Yeah. Um. There are some like Homer Simpson spin around the floors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of acting with so all much. caps that happens. Yeah. Um. And somehow. Somehow, William Shatner screams with straight face. Is this
1: your
2: utopia? Good question.
0: Okay, and then it's Spock's turn. Kim, I want to let you take this away, because if I had to watch Shatner shacked through all of that... I feel that you should take Nimoy's bit. Well,
2: okay, so Nimoy, so Spock is forced to tap dance around Kirk's head. But I'm going to say, we don't actually get a lot of close-ups of Spock doing the dancing. We just get the feet, which leads me to believe it might be stunt feet. I feel like
0: he's doing almost like, not a tango, but the... It's like
2: a Spanish flamenco. Yeah, it's very flamenco. It's very tappy. And so he's like, Kirk is lying on the ground and Spock is basically dancing right around the edge of his head. And like doing like, it's very brisk tapping and then um he's forced to stop and put his foot on kirk's face right on his like on his nose i should <laughs> cover my mouth while i'm doing this yeah <laughs> with his boot and if there's this it's this moment of like with any force i'm gonna crush your face like i'm yeah. gonna implode your head yeah and at the last minute the king pulls spock back and um spock falls over and starts laughing hysterically
0: Again, I said this before, I'll say it again. It is so disturbing to me when Nimoy shows emotions Yeah, in Spock. Yes. Yeah. There's laughing, there's crying, there's like a rainbow of emotions. McCoy... In an insane character
2: twist, he <laughs> starts screaming, you can't force emotions out of him. Yeah. <laughs> to which I say, McCoy, what the fuck? You've been trying to force emotions
1: out of him for two and a half goddamn seasons. Make up your mind, man.
0: He just doesn't try to get one emotion out of him. He tries to get all oh. of the emotions yeah. out.
2: Yeah, and then Spock starts weeping. <sighs> he starts crying and he actually lays down with his head in Alexander's lap. Okay, and then
1: starts my fa- yeah. favorite fifteen
0: seconds Alexander of Star Trek.
2: Calls them out, yelling,
1: "He saved your life! What um, the hell, man? Yeah." And then Parmesan makes him ride Kirk like a horse. If no one involved had ever heard a horse,
2: wait wait wait, 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 yes. Oh no, no, that's right. I said they make <laughs> they make Kirk crawl around like a pony. That's what my notes yeah. say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
1: had in my notes, okay, quick, everyone here, make a horse noise, but we took care of that at the beginning of the podcast, so.
0: I reiterate my question, had Jenner ever seen or
2: heard a horse before? He must have.
0: I know for a fact that he has. I have read at least one
2: biography. (laughs) Yeah. This This was also a very disturbing moment. Oh,
1: and then Parmesan asks, with a completely straight face.
2: How can you let this go on? And he's talking to Bones. Yeah. Because yeah. Bones has been under orders not to give in and say that he'd stay. Yeah. yeah. So Parmesan has had enough funny games for one day, so
0: they are sent back to their chambers to talk about what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spock is
2: catatonic. <laughs> basically. He's meditating. Sure. He's got the Vulcan two-finger meditation And going his concern
1: on. is mainly that that was very difficult for Kirk.
2: It is good, because
0: McCoy, because he's an asshole, is like, well... Hey Spock, the release of
1: emotions is healthy. I liked this actually. It was, it was. He's trying to like not make it too embarrassing. He says it's what keeps humans emotionally healthy. Spock says he's noticed the healthy release of emotion is not always healthy for those around you. That's true.
0: (laughs) In a great moment, Spock is like, "Oh, Captain, are you angry?" Kirk is like, "Fuck yes, I'm angry." (laughs) And McCoy's like, "I." hate that guy and Spock is like I hate him too it's like when you talk to someone and you realize that you both hate the same person really? so you' are
1: like oh,
2: we're friends for life but Spock here is also telling them that they must release their hatred sure. and that he as he must master mine which is very Yoda of him yes it very much was I'm like I don't think you can
1: make them stop hating him he's a tool of course, then he punctuates his argument by, like, crushing a statue with his hand. Yeah. So, yeah. clearly not letting go as effectively as he can. And Bones is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'll stay. You guys go. But
0: Kirk kind of, like, sees the Fuck light that. here. Because he's like, well, if you sacrifice yourself, then
1: they're just going to kill everyone else. Yeah. You don't bend to tyrants in any way. Parmesan will definitely kill us all. And then we take out, take out this entire planet.
0: Yeah. Great moment with Alexander, too. Oh, yes. This is a great... Great moment. Like, oh my God. Like, I thought it was just me. And essentially goes through a checklist of abuse language. Yeah. Of what they say to him to make mm-hmm. him feel
1: lesser there was i always thought there was something wrong with me that it was true i was lucky they kept me around at all and now i've met you and i see they're basically fucking monsters and then he breaks a vase because
2: catharsis and also to make a shift. yes (laughs) (laughs) he smashes that to get a sharp pointy bit to kill them all yes and which kirk's like well that's not
0: really our way for what reason i don't know because the only way to talk sense to these people is to
1: murder them but he's like well, we can't. Alexander's like, they're going to kill you all no matter what you do. And Kirk's like, well, in that po- in that case, what's the point of you dying too? Uh, which...
0: I would love to go out taking a couple of these guys with me, but that's just me talking. Mm-hmm. But it's great because Alexander's like, oh, you care. You, you really care. I should have told you guys what was going to happen. To be fair, he did. He did. He did. He did.
2: He absolutely did. He didn't walk straight up to them and go, hey guys, you're gonna die. Which is what he's thinking he should have done.
1: Although, how
2: that would have helped anything is really not. No, clear. they were doing the second they beamed down. Too true. So, Kirk somehow cottons on to the idea
0: of.
1: Oh, yes, the detective work. I liked this, actually. because well, You're going to have to take it because I'm like, I don't understand. Okay, me. so Kirk asks if they've been Jack here for six months. And 14 no, days. They had been there for six months when they started developing the power. Okay. So, um, the, he asks, when did they get, like, did they always have this power? And Alexander's like, no, we really only got it, like, when we came to this planet. And Spock says, "Well, how long after you arrived did you did you develop the power?" And
2: Alexander's like, "Well, basically, right after
1: we started eating the native food." No,
2: he is very specific. He says it was six months and fourteen days. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was when they ran Don't out of the Don't forget those Spock. fourteen days. Yeah, very important. Super specific. And yes. then thirty-eight people. Bones takes a blood
1: sample um, from Alexander to compare with Parmesan's blood that he took earlier, and uh, apparently Alexander's um, smallness. It, is something It's to do with his pituitary hormones, which is part of what causes uh, dwarfism. Um, and that's the reason he can't absorb curanide. Curanide. It's the same thing they mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, and then Bones takes some out of uh, the fruit bowl and <laughs> injects them all with the magic power dust. So now they're all part great. And he offers to give Alexander one, um, but he says, no, I don't want it. Which I loved. I, I thought this was a too. great
2: moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't,
1: I want to stay myself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there, he's like, well, it'll take a while to take a fact in. That's when uh, Uhura and Chapel being in.
2: And soon soon, even worse. Oh no. As soon as they showed up, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. yeah. They were immediately pulled out of the room.
1: hmm Yeah. So we sort of crossfade <laughs> to the next chapter in this horror show, which is everybody all dressed up. It's like the worst stage play of all it time. It is. Although sidebar, everybody's costumes are amazing.
2: Oh yeah, everybody looks great. Chapel is wearing a long, a, a blue dress with long sleeves and she has got the black and white stripy eyeshadow that yeah, we've been seeing a lot of It's crazy. Somebody got like a new technique and was like, I'm doing this everywhere. I did not recognize her in that eye makeup. I'm like, who the boss is that? Yeah. Um so then Uhura is wearing a beautiful pink uh long dress with a tank top. Um and the whole top is like beaded and jeweled and she's got a sneak armband on. Oh, nice. Like that. For Slytherin. Yep. Mm. Um Kirk comes in and he is in a one shoulder. A one shoulder bronze <laughs> tunic with a nipple out. Yeah. And is- makeup. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was looking really hard. I'm like, there's something not quite right with that nipple. <laughs> and so Spock was in a green boat neck tunic with a beautiful gold trim. And for both Spock and Kirk, these are at uh, mid-thigh length. Yeah, they Barely are. shorty short. Yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Everybody looked really good. Yeah. It's a good look for everyone. Uh-huh.
1: Now, uh, Spock tries moving some fruit with his mind, but it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love... I love, 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 love uh, people trying to pretend that they have psychic powers, like uh, telekinetics, Yeah, because it, they have to do something, and mostly it involves just staring at things really intently. Mm-hmm. It's like an X-Men where James McAvoy's like, well, fuck, I needed something to do. Like, yeah. I can't just, like, I guess I'll put my fingers up to my head and be like...
1: <laughs> well, that's also what he does in the comics.
0: No, whatever.
1: <laughs> whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't work, so, mm, well, that's the weapon we thought we'd have, we don't have. And the curtain in the room draws back to reveal an audience of assholes. (laughs) It's like the two guys from the Muppets if there were 38 of them. (laughs) And they were like sadomas, like sadists with psychic powers. Oh, that's a horrifying thought.
0: They are all sadists with special powers because what they want to see is fighting uh, bad musical numbers, and I want to dissect this musical number right now. So Spock has to do a little tune for everyone just to get them all in the mood, as it were. Yep. The theme of this musicale is ladies value your wine, which we do. Yeah. Unfortunately, the wine is a metaphor because <laughs> have our literal wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Jacobs Creek Moscato. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beware of Their men. <laughs> In velvet, <laughs> a fabric I doubt was around. What is velvet
2: even no, made out of? Probably no, not. No, that was not around ever. What is velvet made of?
1: Isn't it a synthetic? Not. No, it can be made with. It's, but it definitely. What wasn't is it made from... out of? i go to the Google box. Yeah, I'm really intrigued now. Velvet is made from silk.
2: Really? Yeah. So. Has, At, was velvet around in Greco-Roman times? Non-Greco-Roman times, is it, no. But not until the medieval. Is it like, how do you make velvet from silk though? Is it like brush? Yeah, it's tufted. Take us on a velvet journey.
1: <laughs> um, velvet was, it looks like it initially showed up in the Middle East, but it didn't hit Europe until the 14th century. You can make it from, well, it's tufted, right? So it's woven, tufted fabrics. You can make it from a bunch of things, but it's usually made from silk or cotton. Hmm, hmm. But for sure it didn't exist in ancient Greece. Okay. Come. So the more you know. This song is incorrect on a number of
0: levels, <laughs> but I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Men will swallow from your deepest kegs. Ew. Which yeah. I assume is an oral sex reference, yeah. which is yeah. awfully spicy for the 1960s. The chorus is bitter dregs, bitter dregs. Horse. Horse! <laughs> Men
1: offer little and ask for much. This is like the chewed gum metaphor. Yeah, men do offer little and ask for much. (laughs) This is true. Just in general.
0: Leave. And they leave with your treasure in the morning. Your treasure. Your treasure. Assuming that it's a physical thing that they can like...
1: (laughs) This is also like when the priest sat down and told Rory she'd have to give Logan a sweater. Uh, Yeah, basically it's just a really gross, misogynistic ballad. And then ladies are like... This ship has
0: sailed. I think that's my editorial, <laughs> Rather than the actual lyrics involved, because I got a little bit annoyed at that. But essentially, like, men will give oral sex, but they're probably going to take your jewelry when you're not looking. Slash your virginity,
1: and then you'll be valueless. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. And we're in Chapel, are sort of looking at each other. Because they're not being controlled. They're just terrified.
2: They're looking at each other like, what the fuck is this backwards gender essentialist concept of virginity bullshit? It, okay. It, okay. So now that we've moved past the terrible lyrics.
0: Yes. What
2: do we think of uh, Nimoy's performance of the song? <sighs> He's got a nice enough voice.
0: Uh, my favorite Nimoy is definitely the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Like, if I had to
1: choose.
0: <laughs> um, it's fine. I also think, fine, yeah. I also think fine. that the very
1: convincing, like, horrified awkwardness is kind of, like, affecting the quality of the music.
0: Yeah, because he, he looks very pained when he's singing it, but that, that was okay. Um, It's funny, this goes into a dance-off section, For at which point I, I was years. sitting down watching and one of my very, very favorite podcast titles came up In how did this get made? <laughs> <laughs> how? Yes. I would actually like an explanation of how this got made. Is there anything on, um... There was. Like, it's a script, and they thought it was great, and everyone was so excited. (laughs) Like, what? Star Trek. Anyways. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, jumping. Chapel has to kick Spock. Uh, kick Spock. (laughs) Kicking would have been better. Yeah. Um, because, uh, Parmaham is like, ooh, now it's the sexy part. The sexual, salty part. So, Chapel has to kick Spock. Now... God, i'm so sorry <laughs> again i'm editorializing <laughs> originally spock was going to kiss uhura but shatner was like no if anyone is gonna kiss michelle Michelle N- nichols it's gonna be me
2: <laughs> i mean captain kirk <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit hilarious but like what of shatner's like diva moments was like i get to kiss michelle nichols oh very much so i was but- like know what michelle nichols thought of this yeah Yeah, that's true. Um, But to be honest, whatever it is, I think it works better this way. I think as terrible as it is, I like that it was Chapel and Spock because she has such a thing for him. It's the extra extra layer of humiliation. the extra layer of humiliation where she says, I'm so ashamed. Please make them stop. And Spock says, I can't. I failed you. I don't have the power. So
0: long I have yearned to be close to you. Now I want to die. (laughs) This is uncomfortable and tragic now yeah. over on the other couch <laughs> is
1: uhura and kirk it's, i think this is slightly less horrifying well because there are no like romancey feelings between them and it's actually kind of the conversation is like is compl- like this is a horrifying situation but i trust you
2: yeah i thought this i thought the conversation between them was completely non-sexual yes, yes um, agreed uh, Because Uhura says, you know, I'm so frightened and Kirk is saying, you know, try not to think about it. And then she goes into, I'm thinking of all of the times that I've been on the bridge and I've been terrified about the situation. And then I hear your voice coming from everywhere and it's reassuring all of us. And she can take the reassurance from knowing that she is in the hands of her captain. Definitely in the hands of him because he grabs the back of her
0: neck and just starts chomping down. Although, according to certain sources, they might not actually kiss. Their lips just kind of hover over each other. Well, I
1: assume they did a bunch of different versions of this to show to the censors, like, the most raunchy, like, down to what they actually were allowed to do. There's a
0: number of stories surrounding this, including one where Shatner botched each and every take where yeah, yeah. they the did actually kiss. yeah. And including things like crossing his eyes and sticking yeah. his tongue out, so that yeah. they were forced to use that take, yeah. where mm-hmm.
1: it at least looks like they're kissing. Yeah, it is only they're only like touching lips for like a microsecond before it cuts away too.
0: To Dr Quinn Medicine Woman, who is
2: turned on, <laughs> but she's she's more anxious for what is to come. Oh, she's she wants the sadism part to start. And now we move on uh. to the S
0: and M part of the evening. <laughs> The weapons are rolled in uh. for some whip and knife play. This
1: oh, and hot pokers! Is crazy. Don't forget the hot pokers. This is, this is very fucked up.
2: Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because Kirk is supposed to be whipping Ahura and then Oh, wait, wait. is he supposed to be whipping Ahora? I'm yeah. whipping himself
0: the whole no, time. No, because first they kiss them, and then they attack them because yeah. Spock is going to brand Chapel. And then he's going to whip Uhura. Let's talk about the discomfort
1: moment for a moment here of, like, Kirk whipping a
2: black woman. Like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, like, that was really uncomfortable of him going towards her with the whip. But the question I had then is the way this was shot is because you hear the sounds of whipping. Yeah. And you get reaction shots from everybody except Kirk and you never actually see what Kirk is doing. I thought it was supposed to be that Kirk was whipping himself.
1: No, he's like just a it in He's
2: just trying because, it out. Oh, okay, because yeah. I did not understand what was going on, because everyone is looking horrified, but you don't actually get a shot of what mm. Kirk's doing, so I thought they were having him, like, whipping himself. Any either-or is horrible. Which, yeah. though, to be honest, though, we have actually seen a whipping scene with yes, Kirk we have. before. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, we have.
0: Yes, we have. <laughs> It was much sexier than this one. Yeah.
2: So I didn't understand why we weren't shown that, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, Alexander
1: is on the job. This is a terrible idea, Alexander, because he sneaks off the dais and grabs a knife off of the sadism table. Good for him. Except it's a terrible idea because, of course, the all-powerful jerks see him and turn the knife on him with their evil brain powers.
0: gives a good speech at this point. He says, you're dead. We might disappear. But there is nothing inside of
1: you, yeah. And
2: it's true; mm-hmm. they're gross. They are
1: very gross. There well, is they're no, grotesque. Nothing worth saving.
2: It's it's that part where you become so desensitized to what's going on around you that the violence just needs to be more and more and more and more yeah. in your entertainment, mm-hmm. which is something that you see today in in media and entertainment is uh, like grimdark. You can't have sick, you can't have sex, but violence, 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 violence yeah. will get your PG rating.
0: And it's very much like the Emperor decline and fall of the Roman Empire, where their obsession with spectacle and their obsession with, you know, and their dependence on slavery (laughs) Um, eventually corrupts the society so much that it is soulless and then it falls
1: apart. Yep. So, fortunately, at this point, their superpowers kick in. Thank God. There is an amazing grin from Kirk at this point. Yes. Something stops Alexander from, like, plunging the knife into his chest, and Parmesan's like, "Who the fuck did that?" And hand to Kirk, just grinning, and Kirk's like, "I did it, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm better than you."
0: And not only
1: do we have your powers, but at twice your power level. And Glad Parmesan he- throws aside his goblet and rises to his feet and says, "Not twice mine." <laughs> and then they have a think off. Oh God, this, yeah, this is very
2: uncomfortable also. This part I did not like at all because they're back and forthing with Alexander and the knife yeah. and they keep thrusting he's like a he's like a little pawn in their game and they're yes, thrusting yes. him around back and forth and back and forth.
1: Yes. And I did not like it. I felt terrible Except for poor little Alexander. At the oh, very yeah. end
2: I realized that what was
1: actually happening is that Parmesan is trying to send Alexander to stab Kirk. Yes. Kirk when he wrests control away from Parmesan, is trying to keep Alexander from going back and stabbing Parmesan. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. not sending Alexander to stab him, he's trying to keep him from doing yeah. it. Because Alexander really wants, really wants to, stab, to him. stab
0: him. And when Kirk eventually wins, Alex is like, please let me kill him. Yeah. And Kirk says, do you want to be like him. Which is
2: what Alexander said before, but why yeah. he didn't want powers is, I do yeah. not want to be like them. And then, so Alexander goes up to himself. Well, oh, I love
1: this, because Kirk forces Parmesan to his knees so yes. that Alexander can have a moment worthy of Danielle and ever after. <laughs> it is true.
0: He says, fuck you. I wrote it down, and I paraphrased this. <laughs> Alexander says, you suck. Yes. You are the most contemptible things to live in this universe. Great. Right. Which actually, yeah, other than that weird fat angel that, like, seduced the children Lamp-shay into killing their, their parents. Kill. Yeah. Cult, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then Parmahan is like, oh, why spare me? I suck. He says, we well, so sorry. We'll never do it again. And Kirk's like, you're a fucking liar. You can't be trusted. It's very, the words he actually says, we have become
2: bizarre. Yeah. Something about here, uh, power will turn... Your power will turn saints into sausages. Is <laughs> what my <we> dad say. <laughs> Savages.
0: <laughs> I'm going with sausages. Power turns saints into sausages. Yeah, and, and then Kirk per-
1: basically says, "Well, just be sure to change." Well, he says we're sending more starships, and don't forget we can copy your fucking powers. And Parmesan's like, "Huh, you're right. We're totally redeemable monsters." <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. The shift is weird, but I think it was like, "Oh shit, we're out of time. We have to end this." Yeah. Does Alexander come with them? I yeah. Think. Yes. Yeah. They, they leave
2: and beam up, and they take Alexander with them. Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> and Alexander looks so smug, and I'm so
2: happy for him. That end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It would have been better if, on their way from this planet, they photon torpedoed and they it, off. <laughs> or if when they had beamed up, they were all flipping them off. Yeah. With both hands.
2: Yeah. The ending. I did not like the ending. I felt felt it was too. It was way too rushed, and it was just a. Another cosmic jerk Well you be sure to change Okay we will Well he says they're sending ships back to check on them They're always sending ships back to check on them And then they get lost and they have to go looking for them It's (laughs) like that time when they left that government And was like well we're going to leave this government in place But you have to be nicer to the people And they're like oh yeah we will No worries (laughs) For sure Are they out of the room yet?
0: Yes excellent I don't even (laughs) remember what episode
2: that was Most of them
0: It's most of them (laughs) You oh, promise? Nice. Make sure I can see your hands. No, take vaccines. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, we did performance of the episode, which I think we're all you unanimous oh, yeah. to giving to uh, Michael Dunn. Mm-hmm. He was great. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm also going to, of course, give a little bit to Shatner, but that's just my personal preference. Shatner or uh,
1: Shatner's
2: horizontal Kirk food. <laughs> and I'm also giving it a little bit to Nimoy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nimoy again
0: always has this inherent dignity that to see it stripped away a little bit is yep. always very yeah disturbing. It is disturbing. Seeing him smile is disturbing. Yeah. Seeing him laugh is disturbing. The crying was just like it was just. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I,
2: I just, I really enjoyed those the whole section when they were talking about it. And Spock was talking to Kirk about how, you know, you mustn't feel humiliation, etc. Or the humiliation must be hard for you. And he's he's trying to talk to Kirk about Kirk's feelings, but it's very, very clear that he's talking about the way that he feels about yeah, what yeah, just happened. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I love Nimoy in moments like that. I think he's yeah, great. That's true. Uh, Kim, your count. Zero
0: deaths.
1: Huh! Yeah. No one died. Except for people's dignity. Yeah. Uh, Ari, your count. Uh, seven ladies and one person of color. Hmm. Yeah, um...
0: Subu and Chekhov not appearing in this episode. Nope, nope, So weird, but I guess they had, you know, other
2: jobs. So, well, I mean, aside from the quick, brief views of Scotty sitting on the bridge being useless, which we yeah. didn't actually really need at all in this episode. We never it, really it. No. It was basically a bottle episode on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, they could have They could have
1: left the Enterprise set out of it entirely and just done yeah, voices. Didn't,
2: so, I mean, I'm assuming they were forced to pay James Doohan, so they, we might as well yes, use them. Yes,
1: yeah. they were. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll... <laughs>
0: Life lessons to take away from this episode, Kim. Um, I said those with power will always use it against the weak. As we will see on inauguration day, yes, yes, they will. God.
1: Uh Ari, her life lesson. I don't really know that I can do better than that. Crush capitalism slash evil telekinesis. Mm. Uh
0: I think mine will be ladies value your wine. <laughs> But But only literal-wise. For thou art going to need it in the next four years.